Well, that's kind of too bad. I wish we had thousands of people like him. <laughs> glory. Shaba. And how's everybody doing tonight in the glory? Alrighty then. Doing really good. It's a beautiful day in God's neighborhood. Won't you be his? Won't you be his neighbor? Amen. Love your neighbor. Because God loves you. We thank you, Jesus, for this time together to grow in the glory. To grow in light. Splendor. Radiance. Shekinah. Brightness. Holiness, wisdom, righteousness, purity, godliness, faithfulness, and everything else you got for us. In Jesus' name. I pray that this word be deposited in your spirit. I pray for the transfiguration of your spirit, man. What is the purpose of Christian ministry? We preach to awaken hearts. How awakened can you get? You know, when you wake up in the morning, sometimes you have sleep in your eyes. You're a little groggy. You gotta go wash your face, brush your teeth. <laughs> That's how it is when we awaken in Christ. Just like a child from a mother's womb the baby needs to be washed the baby needs to be cleansed in living water not once at birth only but continuously until it's a riverhead until the baby is a young lad in the Lord First John says I commend you young lads Young men and women in Christ, for you have overcome the evil one. And you fathers, I commend you fathers in Christ. It is written, because you have known him from the beginning. So we go from overcoming sin and demons and devils and worldliness and nonsense of the temporal profane realm of the world into the eternal realm where God dwells, storing up treasures in heaven, which means investments in eternity. Building with stones in eternal glory realms. The Bible says the believer's reward is silver, gold, and gemstones. What do you do with the gemstones? You build a house for God to dwell in. It is the transfiguration of your spirit, man, as the temple or house of the throne, the mercy seat of the ark of the new covenant. And God will dwell in the house that you build in your spirit as you make room for the glory, as you get everything else out of you. Allow the pruning of the Father in all your spirit, soul, mind, consciousness, senses, reasoning and intelligence in all your ways acknowledge him he will direct your paths where 
from glory to glory in upward ascension as the children of the resurrection. You're going up. God's grace is sufficient for you. Each and every one of you can say that tonight. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is enough to follow through in everything He told you to do. Bible says He's more than able to finish what He started. What did He start in you? Jesus in you. Now it's all about knowing Him in you, through you, and around you. One of the last prophetic words our prophetic father Bob Jones had before he passed away is I hope we don't have another revival because it just goes from light back to darkness because revival is really just a reviving of the soul but what's coming forth now is the building up of the spirit in other words God inside mindedness which means it's not ups and downs, it's not chasing revivals in this town or that town, it's finding the town of holiness inside your hearts and being a citizen there inside the kingdom city. This is a fascinating verse that's just been blasting me lately. Song of Solomon 5.14 In your abdomen are sapphires. Can you believe the Bible says that? It talks about gemstones in your bellies. Inside your abdomen are sapphires. God told you the upward path of resurrection is the discovery of the sapphire pavement inside your hearts already. I believe that Jesus knocks at the doors of our heart Revelation 3.20 so that he can pull us out of our hearts up into the Father's heart. A lot of us are just content in living in our own spirit. Just adding Christian graces to our own spirit. We shouldn't be content with that. We need to go up like a hot air balloon in the spirit of holiness. I want to discover this infinite God. His eyes soft. His infinite light and glory, the Shekinah, beyond anything we've ever tasted before. Our senses and imagination, the Bible says, cannot even predict nor imagine what the dunamis in you can do. Which means, I has not seen nor ear heard what God has in store for those who love Him. Guess what it is? Light beyond description God is light but you say that and it's like yay light like we turn on the lights tonight or the sun came up in the morning time and we had light on planet earth it's not like that it's not a predictable light it's an unpredictable light it's a light so bright it will pulverize you think about the man John on Patmos okay apostle of the lamb Some say chief apostle, I believe that. The one who leaned on Jesus' heart and was the closest of the disciples to Jesus Christ, Apostle John. He's also the youngest apostle, scholars say. He's been in the Shekinah glory for 70 years. 
years before he's exiled on Patmos, when he discovered a higher realm of glory, going from glory to glory for 70 years. He says when he saw his best friend in that form, he fell as though he were dead. Woo! We need to fall as though we're dead. Amen. What does it mean? That I have no concept or ability in me to fathom this new realm that I'm discovering in my God. It's called walking in the fear of the Lord. Walking in the awe of God, which means you're blown away. Who can stand in the day of the Lord? 92-year-old Apostle John could not. He couldn't. He still got slain in a greater glory. Amen. That's what we need, the expectation for a greater glory with an understanding of how it's produced inside our hearts through the Word of God, through faith and obedience in the Spirit and truth. Not Spirit only, truth also. The Bible says the law came through Moses, grace or Spirit, Spirit of grace, and truth came through Jesus Christ. Which means in order to encounter the Shekinah glory in a greater way, we must have greater spirit and greater truth. How do we get more of the Holy Spirit? That should be our question. The Gospel of Luke says, those who ask their Father in heaven, He's not going to give you snakes or rocks or scorpions. Even your earthly fathers give good gifts and they're evil. That's what He said. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, more. The Father would give you more. I know we're going into realms now in the third day. For a day is as a thousand years. You're in the third day of Christianity. Jesus came about 2,000 years ago. Give or take a couple years. Now, it's been over 2,000 years, meaning you are the third day church. Amen. So, the increase of the Spirit increases constantly. This third day church will have the most Holy Spirit of any previous Christian generation. We need it too, don't we? The enemy's out there with an antichrist. I tell you the truth, one of the big things we're dealing with right now, obviously, the Bible calls it the synagogue of Satan. Just call it what it is. Those who say they are Jews, but are absolutely not, but are a synagogue of the devil. Truth, anyhow, Jesus Christ, red letters. And that's what's coming out of Manhattan, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> Antichrist, those in relationship with devils, those who celebrate in their synagogues the second day of creation, the only day of creation, if you read the Bible, that the Father said was not good. Can you believe? There's no goodness on the second day in Scripture. First day, it is good. God said, let there be light. It's good. Second day, no good. No good at all. Why? Because Jewish Scribes and mystics all believe hell was created on the second day. 
What kind of sick, demented temple is celebrating the second day of creation? They have whole mosaic scenes to the second day in the synagogues of Manhattan, New York. You know that? And they think we're so dull and stupid, so Gentile and ignorant. Even the Jews are duped, most of them. Not all Jews are sorcerers, but many sorcerers are Jews and Gentiles both. But I'm telling you now, what we're dealing with is Satan through a people using the Old Covenant and the wisdom and the knowledge of the Old Covenant to oppress the human race, even through legalism. What do they use? The law. Ain't God's law. Moses is with the Lamb. They persecute Christians. Oh, they hate Christians so much. They do. I tell you the truth. Love will conquer the hate of the Antichrist sorcerers. It's important that you call it a synagogue of Satan. Also call it a Christian church of Satan because both the Jews and Gentiles have tons of sorcery involved in their religion. Now, the Bible says, I would not have you unaware of the works of the devil. And to Timothy, the older apostle Paul, says to the younger apostle Timothy, these are the works of Janes and Jambres, those Egyptian sorcerers who deceived Pharaoh and brought curses upon Israel. But Moses swallowed them up, meaning the true friends of God, Moses, I call my friend, will swallow up the works of the sorcerers, which are the sons of the devil. What is a son of Satan? Those who do the will of their father, the devil. Come out of her, my people. Anyone that's caught up in darkness and religion and rebellion and sin, the Bible says, anyone who sins is of the devil. That's First John now. Anyone who continues sinning is of the evil one, for you cannot continue sinning if you love Christ. Amen. You will constantly work on your sin and get it less and less and more and more of Him. What is sin? Sin comes from a condition of an elevation of living and moving and having your being below the glory, below the Shekinah, below the sun. Under the sun is what? Vanity. What's vanity? All idolatry. So we repent of below the sun and get into promised land above the sun realms. That's what the resurrection is. That's why the Bible prescribes you discovering Christ in you and not just Christ in you. It's not enough to only discover the Holy Spirit in your bellies for out of your bellies flow rivers. Because you can use the rivers then and stay in the earth and prostitute even God-inside-mindedness to demons. We've seen it all before. We have. What makes us faithful and true, the reason why it's written on the leg, is the upward walk, the upward calling in Christ Jesus, rising from the dead, not staying at the same elevations on the mountain. Which means always 
challenging your humanity for more of his divinity, which is more grace. What is it to grow in grace? It is to grow in elevations up Mount Zion. What is Zion? Is it a hill of dirt in Jerusalem? No! Zion is the mountain of the Holy Spirit. More of the Holy Spirit means more on the mountain. Less of the Holy Spirit, lower on the mountain. Higher in the Holy Spirit, more of the Holy Spirit, higher on the mountain. And you only sustain those elevations on Mount Zion by the ability and possession of the Holy Spirit and the glory of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells you is all the angels, all of them. Mount Zion, which is Holy Spirit Mountain, city of innumerable angels. Understand you cannot separate the Holy Ghost from the holy angels. In fact, they are completely and totally dependent on the Spirit of God for all their movement, all their brightness. Everything they think comes from the Holy Spirit and every single one of them is perfect in the Holy Spirit. So, they help you inherit salvation. How? Being perfect in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? More Holy Spirit. Now, where is the Holy Spirit ministering? He'll mess up your head sometimes. He'll work in the soul. He doesn't have rules and regulations. The Bible says in Psalms, I am God and I can do anything. Anything. He's not limited to your interpretation of the Bible. He's not. He's not interpret. He's not limited even to the, the law. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Jews said that this can't be the Messiah because he heals on the Sabbath. It is forbidden to work on the Sabbath. And in Jewish culture in Jesus' day, Jesus broke every interpretation of tradition of the law of Judaism in, ex- in existence. Every single one. <laughs> to even hang around sinners was forbidden. This man cannot be sent from God. Do you know who these unclean people are? Breaking tradition is the anointing's job because tradition nullifies the power of the word. Now we all have tradition. Tradition is not just going and kneeling and saying a Hail Mary and eating a wafer and going into confessional booth. It's easy to pick on the Roman Catholics because they're just so ingrained with hundreds of years of traditions. We Charismatics and Pentecostals have tons of traditions too. There's Pentecostal traditions that will stop you from having more of the Pentecostal spirit. The spirit of Pentecost is a down payment of what? The fullness of the mountain of holiness formed in your souls being completely possessed by God the Father, looking inside your soul and seeing God. The pure in heart can see God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has conquered you. You believe in Jesus. The Bible says, whoopty frickin' do, even demons do. You know what it says that? The Bible says, you believe in Christ? So do demons. We think that's a big deal. What's a big deal is having Christ formed in you. Demons don't do that. Demons shudder at that. 
That's what we really need to go after. And I have found through years of experience, the only way you get more of Jesus formed in your souls is through rising on the mountain and becoming more obedient to the Holy Ghost. It'll challenge your personality. Oh, I'm an introvert. I don't talk like that. No, you're not. You're a God invert. The issue is you haven't yielded enough, so you cling to your human personality. You know, clinging to your human personality is forbidden. Clinging to anything hum human is clinging to the earthly. He doesn't deal with it all at once. He'll deal with it gradually. You can't handle. Nobody can. I can't handle. Nobody can handle. Apostle Paul couldn't handle all of it at once. He had 14 plus 3 years in Arabia to get sanctified. And even when he began apostolic ministry, he says, I preached you in the infirmity at the first Galatians chapter 4. Which means he was a carnal apostolic preacher when he began full-time ministry by his own confession in Galatians chapter 4. Woo! That's something else. <laughs> 17 years, nothing. I tell you what, 17 million, there we go. Which means we're going to be really reliant on grace while we're so young in the Holy Spirit. Apostle John, 92 years old in the Lord, young in the Holy Spirit. Just a baby. In those higher realms, that's how he acted. It was like he had just freshly got born again. There are higher realms of glory that will require you to give up all the control of all the experiences, of all the wisdom you've had thus far in your Christian walk. This is where people say, well, I'm good. I've been in the fire three years, five years. I've been under discipleship. I'm a man under authority for 10 years. Now I'm out here and now I can really go out in my own authority and begin to really be a leader in the body of Christ. No man or woman can be self-promoted. The angels will come and promote you just like Daniel in the river. He had the archangel come to him. Daniel in Babylon. Every single area where you're faithful, you'll still have to be continuously faithful until the angel of the Lord shows up. There's not one exception of promotion in the Bible except through angels. Ministering spirits from the throne of the Father sent to help you be promoted, which is salvation. What is salvation? A greater light. You know, salvation in the Bible is called light. The light of salvation. Let's check that out. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> yep thank you Jesus Psalms 21 verse 1 the king is glad because you O eternal are strong in light of your salvation in the light of salvation salvation is a light what are you inheriting greater light greater glory what is the purpose of everything in your life growing in light apostle paul says put on the armor of light not a one-time deal constantly upgraded the armor that you had last year 
better be stronger this year or you're not growing in God at all. Growing in God is always a reference to growing in Shekinah. Shekinah is light. It's the radiance, not just some air that's bright, although it's bright air. It is the radiance of the Word. Glory separated from the Word is stolen waters that are sweet. That's really what we're at war against. Disobedient light. Beware that the light in you, what's the word there? Beware that the Shekinah in you is not actually darkness. Can you believe the audacity of the Bible? And it says, angels of Shekinah that deceive. What? Shekinah that's darkness and Shekinah angels that deceive. That's what the Bible says. Meaning, hell is based on stolen glory. Coming into the glory don't mean nothing unless there's obedience to the word. In fact, if you're in the glory without the word, you're the most devil-like people in existence. Because that's what the angels of light are. That's what Satans are. That's what Lucifer is. That's what religious spirits are. That's why they feed and pray on believers. Why? The kingdom of hell lives on stolen Shekinah. So when Enoch says and prophesies that the luminaries will be healed, he's saying light or Shekinah, which is the word there in Hebrew, will go back into the obedience of the word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. If we're pioneering anything, we're pioneering Shekinah in obedience to the word. And that's the maintenance of Shekinah. That's the government of God. What is the government of God? Light and word. Spirit and truth. If they're separated, you see it separated often with charismatic immaturity. And that's what it is where we like the kumbaya all over us. We like to feel the sensations. We like the pleasures. We even like the intoxications, which are absolutely necessary. Don't forbid any of that. Don't forbid the drinking of new wine and the drinking of the golden oil and the new and the fire of God. You need to drink the fireplace of God, the wine of God, the glory of God, the oil of God, the living water of God. You need to be drunkards on it. Don't forbid anything that comes from God. But there needs to be an obedience to the Word of God with all the Spirit's manifestations. That, my friends, has not happened yet. When it happens, we will no longer be immature in the earth. We'll be mature in the heavens. The Bible says when we go through baptisms and even understand the Word of God, the laying on of hands, and how all that stuff works, we will go on into advanced training in righteousness if God permits. Hebrews 6. What is the advanced training of righteousness? How the Word maintains the glory. How His Word maintains the stars. How His Word maintains seven heavens. How His Word maintains angelic ranks how his word 
rules the kingdom. If you want to partake with the rulership of the kingdom of heaven, you will be so ingrained in the word, the Bible says, you become living epistles or the word made flesh. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, it is written. Which means those bones are no longer dry bones. Those bones are filled with the water of the word. How can they live? Prophecy. That's what it says. Prophecy. Then you speak. And then you get filled up with something called the four winds of heaven. I've read in Enoch and other places, these four winds are four archangels ministering archangels helping your bones inherit salvation you know your timeline of how long you live is in your bones your bones produce your blood when your bones deteriorate you get old you get brittle you know they fall over they break their hip why because their bones are weak their bones are not producing the same quality of blood if they produce the quality of blood that's in jesus You'll look like you're 22 years old at a thousand, which means you won't be a human being anymore. That's why the world is shaking because there are people sacrificing their bones and marrow to the word of God. And Joseph gave instruction to his bones how they should be taken out of Egypt, which is deliverance. The word of God is instruction to your bones. Jeremiah 20, your word is fire in my bones. What kind of fire? The fire of Song of Songs 8 that's stronger than death. The word grows in your bone marrow. Why? It's your blood transfusion. This gospel is saving your bones. Have you received Jesus Christ into your bones to be the Savior of your bones and marrow. A lot of us only have faith for spiritual salvation. How about soul salvation? Getting your mind saved, your senses saved, your emotions saved, and your will saved. How about getting your body saved? The Bible says the impulses of sin work in the organs of the flesh. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 28. Your body was like the pipes or the organs. Speaking of Lucifer, no wonder why sin works in the organs of human flesh and the impulses and the temptation and the pull and the hooks into idolatry, which is religion, into immorality, which is lust. And all these things, the Bible says, come from the organs in the body. Some of your organs, skin, eyeballs, lust the eyes, eyes are an organ, your brain, where your senses are, that's where you're usually tempted, right inside your brains. What happens when we burn the impulses of sin out of our organs and these dry bones or these dry organs live? Well, these same organs become an instrument on Mount Zion. These same organs that you have in your bodies right now get upgraded in light and receive salvation and begin playing music to God. That's why Judah, which means music, leads the body of Christ according to Revelation. Because their bodies are musical instruments of salvation and the river of life is flowing through their organs. Pipes 
organs, and strings. You look at the human body, it's full of strings like veins and arteries. God is turning your bodies and your organs and your bones and your marrows into musical instruments of praise and worship. And as your body plays a song for God in the river, your whole elemental existence of DNA will metamorphosize as it is written. They are playing a song on Mount Zion. Revelation 15 says, When you overcome, your body becomes an instrument. We've known about it. I'm an instrument of righteousness down here in my evangelism telling people about Jesus Christ. When we sing in the worship choir, we know that our mouths and our diaphragm and our lungs and our strength are instruments for God. But how about your legs playing a song for God? How about your veins, your arteries, being the stringed instruments of the winds of God and the winds of the Garden of Eden blowing through your bodies and your minds and your blood and your bones and your marrow and the song of Jesus, the song of the Lamb of God coming forth through you in a brand new way. That's why it says, sing to the Lord a new song. Some of you are going to sing to the Lord or play to the Lord a song on musical instruments of the organs in your bodies. The Bible says every overcomer, their body becomes a musical instrument for Jesus. And the holy angels join in that angelic choir. Because the holy angels have the instruments built into their bodies. If we are the angel-like children of the resurrection, then our bodies get consecrated as we rise in the spirit of holiness, overcoming all that is in the world. There is an upgrade of the music of Zion and God the Father's songs through our hearts, minds, and bodies every day. That's why everyone that gets raptured and caught up, they have the greatest praise life Everything that comes out of them is thanks and praise. They live a life of worship with everything they do. They're so caught up that even when they brush their teeth, their toothbrush sings praise to God. You know, it's true. The steering wheel is so anointed in their cars, the steering wheel ain't crying out. Ah, drive better. It's singing praise to God. Hallelujah. The wheels on the bus go round and round. The ophanim are the wheels, the eyes within eyes, the vision of God, the very carrying of God's plans and purposes by the ophanim wheels inside your hearts to bring you up into higher realms and mobile thrones. He has a chariot with your name on it, and it's not so much that's going to come down from the sky by you just begging for it on the outside, but by building up your spirit on the inside, your spirit man will be able to jump on the chariot that the Father has already provided for you. Do you think God only gave Elijah a chariot of fire? Every single believer is given a chariot. The issue is you have to grow up just like in the natural to age 16 to drive it. Too young, can't have a driver's license yet. 
We don't trust a chariot to anyone under 16. I know he'll give it to you younger than that in the kingdom. But you do have to mature. Everything in the kingdom is based on maturing in the rings of the years of Christ getting formed in you. What's the issue? A lot of you, I'm still talking to you and not Christ in you. A lot of you are still self-conscious and think salvation is based on self, self-righteousness. We haven't switched into Christ's righteousness, which is the development of the Spirit. Christianity in America doesn't really know about these things yet because we're so young in the Lord. When we're older in the Lord, we know it's based on the development of Christ in our spirit. He's the rainbow inside the cloud. He's the seven spirits of God, the leader and the teacher, for they shall all be taught of Christ. Well, that's the new covenant. Has everyone in the new covenant been taught of Christ? You think, oh no, come Lord Jesus, Christ is out in outer space somewhere. We're worshiping a far off Christ like Muslims. That's often how it is because we're God outside minded. We're bewitched. God's out there in the skies somewhere. It's not biblical. Emmanuel, I'm closer than the air you breathe. I'm closer than your beating heart. The issue is bewitchment. You haven't realized them in your spirit. Which means there's no development of the spirit until you realize Jesus as a rainbow teaching your spirit, which is the cloud. Your spirit man is a cloud of Shekinah glory. And it can get so bright that your brain always pays attention. How do you know when the brain is bewitched? It's not attentive to the rainbow leadership of your inner man's development. It's more concerned with worldly things. Religion is the most worldly thing you could ever get into. And that's the main temptation after you're born again. Devils think they ain't going to know the difference between... God inside minded Christ development in the spirit will just immediately get them bewitched and tell them divinity is based on externalism so they never in 50 years go into Pentecostal church even build up their spirit they don't even know where their spirit is the brain has not yet realized the glory the great awakening that happens is realizing Christ inside your bellies coming into the sapphire pavement a song of songs five which says the sapphires are inside your abdomen Woo! yep can you believe that i'll read it to you two peas in the sapphire it's a little tricky jesus never spoke english ha 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 <laughs> Here it is. Song of Solomon, 514, Amplified. His hands are rods of gold. Wow. <laughs> Just look at your hands. you believe it? I'm not so sure. Well, the Bible's true. Your hands are rods of gold, set with barrel, gemstones. Your hands are gold set within gemstones. How holy is the body of Christ? How holy is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Amen? This is the part that just blew my mind here. His abdomen, which is your stomach region, is a figure of carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. 
Now this is speaking of Jesus, and you're also the body of Jesus, so now it's speaking to you. So the transformation is going from just having human guts in there, homo sapien animal mammal, just believing for Taco Bell in my belly, to sapphire stones inside my abdomen? See, that takes faith. Who can transition from just dinner in the stomach to sapphire in the stomach? That's a person metamorphosizing. That's a person believing the word. That's a person marrying Jesus. And what does it say about the bride in Psalms? Forgetting her father's house, which means forgetting her her humanity. Forgetting her humanity and being married to divinity. Which means no more faith for the old human animal. I know it's a lie. I know it's the curse of the fall. I doubt my senses. I doubt my reasoning. And I believe the Bible. You have to. That's what standing on the solid rock is. Everything you experience in the natural realm, based on elements, based on physics, I don't care how true you think it is, it's all the lie. Loving the lie is loving the current manifestation of earth and heaven, which produces human beings, fallen creatures. Loving the truth is loving the potential possibility of changing your guts from poop-filled intestines to sapphires of eternal life. Trozania, God can take animals full of manure. Now let's get personal. We don't often talk about this in church, but the Bible deals with organs and it deals with manure a lot. Not a common popular message, but written in the Word. It deals with manure and it deals with organs. If you are going to have bones that live forever, dry bones that live, you're going to have to deal with your organs and your manure. This is why not too many people want to be priests. You know the priests, they deal with animals. As soon as you chop it open, guess what happens? Organs and manure. We like just the outside. Oh, it's a nice goat. It's a nice calf. It's a nice sheep. The nice little lamb that's so far from the priesthood it's not even the covenant old or new it's religion religion is the clean animal nonsense even jesus in revelations not the clean animal it's the lamb that's slain doesn't mean there's sin on the animal but it says slain looking unclean which means looking as though it's been slain what does that mean Blood everywhere! Mess! A sacrificial lamb with the guts and the blood everywhere! That's what the Bible says. The priesthood is messy! Dealing with your organs, dealing with your inner man is messy. Religion is the temptation to be clean on the outside. And we all fall for it. We think, oh, clean on the outside, that must be God, that must be the covenant. It's antichrist. It'll stunt your growth. It'll get you into people pleasing, caring what others think. Oh, they think because my outside garments are covered in organs and animal manure that I'm a sinner. And they judge, don't they? 
and they're critical, they're judgmental, they gossip, they'll slander, they'll spread rumors. Why? Because you're a regular biblical priest working with the organs and the manure like the Bible prescribes. What do they do six days a week? Cut open the animal. What happens if you cut open the animal? You get covered in everything inside the animal. So first, dying daily is dealing with the animal in you. We say, oh, it's just the beast. Now the name of Jesus is written on my forehead. I tell you the truth. It's a constant renewing of the mind. Metamorphosis. Romans 12, 2, by the renewing of the mind. You know, there are butterflies on earth today. The blue butterfly, look it up. The cocoons for 365 days. <laughs> we like the short time microwave 10-minute popcorn or 3-minute popcorn metamorphosis monarch or something you know north american butterfly i'm only in the cocoon for seven days 14 days three days all the butterflies are different i know these butterflies have been cocooned for two thousand years god the father so deceit it's been metamorphosis and cocoon state for thousands of years he says in his word only on the third day after two thousand years will they emerge i know they're symbolized in the blue butterflies you know what a blue butterfly does? I watched a documentary on this thing. Caterpillar, he puts a sweet honey-like substance that excretes out of his back, and it draws ants to him. This is how it works. This is how metamorphosis works. So there's like a honey that comes out of the abdomen of the caterpillar, the blue butterfly caterpillar. And it attracts ants, because ants like sticky things, sweet things, honey and sugar. So it comes, and what happens is, then the caterpillar gets carried by the ant. The caterpillar then excretes a noise, a sharp noise, that resembles exactly like the queen ant. So all the ants think it's the queen, and they take the caterpillar with the sweetness on its back inside the ant colony. And because of that sound, all the ants begin to work for the caterpillar. For a long time, a caterpillar goes in there and feasts. And all the ant larvae, and it's kind of gross, but it's a cool parable, and eats all, eats the whole colony, guys. And then it goes into a cocoon after feasting for 365 days, for like a whole winter, it's dormant. Then it emerges out of the ground out of holes in the ground just like the bible talks about coming out of the holes in the ground the prophets living in holes in the ground it comes out of the hole in the ground as this gigantic blue butterfly it's like a freak of nature google the blue butterfly learn how it metamorphosizes sweetness and feasting eating all the stuff for the caterpillar then cocooning underground which kind of like being hidden. Being hidden in caves. Elijah in his cave. Everyone that metamorphosized in reality has a cave or a hidden place. Anna Roundtree says the same thing. Heaven waits the pride. They're walking on water. They're hidden in caves. Or they're in paradise. She said none of the sons of God were involved in the earthly church. The earthly church had the goat's battering ram through it. And it was all the church of the devil. It's exactly what the hordes of hell are marching. In the first chapter of the final quest series, the Christians 
were the hordes of hell. And that's all of us too. Which means after you're born again, you get bewitched, which means you're in Satan's army. Have you noticed that? Like 17 years warring against Satan's army, which is like, only Christians! And they get offended by it. Why? Because they're working for witchcraft, wages that spoil, externalism, principalities, angels of Shekinah, and when you're not God inside-minded, the external glory is separated from the Word of God. That's why there's no obedience, only offense and pride like their fathers and mothers, demons. So the repentance unto life or the coming out of her, my people, is the awakening of the inner man. That's what the real prophets have been prophesying. That ain't revival. That's getting back into the Garden of Eden. That's called original design, a.k.a. repentance. It's not just some sensation where the glories come, but they're separated from the Word and there's no development of the inner man and the inner man is not metamorphosized. I tell you the truth. What comes forth now is the full metamorphosis of the inner man and it will consume the outer man and when it does, it consumes all the works of the devil. All the works of the devil are through the outer man that weasel their way into the inner man. It's all externalism. Scripture says, Colossians chapter 2, all the works of the devil are through the senses outward in. But you let Jesus into your hearts, so all the works of Christ are inside out. And when the inside out conquers the outside in, every demon will be terminated from the earth. It's true. The Bible says that when the sons of God are manifest, it is to destroy all the works of the devil. First, we start with the works of the devil in our houses. We'd be surprised oftentimes when we become God inside-minded, begin to develop and mature our inner man. It exposes lots of demonic influence in our personal life, in our relationship life, and in our biblical life, our Christian life. Come on, guys. Read the book of Corinthians. These people had all the gifts of the Spirit that were still full of adultery and idolatry. Paul says, I worry that I did not labor completely in vain with you after leading 10,000 people to Christ and baptizing them all in the Holy Spirit. He says, I worry that I didn't lead you all to Jesus Christ in vain. Why? Because they stopped building up their spirit and used all the external stuff and called it God, 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 God. You realize that? Isn't that mostly what Christianity down here is right now? It is. The discernment is zero if you're bewitched. Everything when you're bewitched that you call good is evil and evil good. And you're Christian and you think you have a biblical worldview and you think you're reading the New Testament and it's doing something. The truth is we can't do nothing until we acknowledge Jesus in us. Apart from me, you can do jack diddly squat. That's what it says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if Christ be fully formed in you, greater works will you do because he went to the Father. Why did he say, I'm going to the Father? Because you will go to the Father. What's the greater works? You going to the Father and your body stays on earth. 
and is not raptured like Jesus in Acts chapter 1. So he has granted you a body. Hebrews says, God prepared a body for me. God prepared a body for you. Whether you like it or not, don't matter. That body will change. It's just sand. It's dirt. It's an earthen vessel. It's an opportunity to bring God through the vessel. It's like having a jar of clay. It don't matter if it's a good jar, bad jar. You got a jar. A jar is an opportunity for the divine to come through. You just make your jar available. God will use you. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, didn't even have a nice jar or body. He didn't look like the Italian supermodel Jesus you see in the movies. Isaiah says there was nothing attractive about him that we should be drawn to him. Which means Jesus did not have an awesome body. He had a terrible body. True. Terrible. Didn't need the best of natural anything will do guys Woo! the limitation ain't on the natural man the infinite possibility is in the spirit man that's all you need faith faith will move mountains faith faith will move the dead faith will raise the dead faith will remove the dead faith can change your body if you follow the spirit Faith will bring the flesh into obedience and change the clay in a kiln of faith. A master potter works with clay. That's why the Bible says dash it to pieces like pottery. Don't let them discriminate externally. Let them revelate and levitate internally. Let their brain be caught up in the possibility of what their spirit man can do. The part of you that bears God's image has infinite ability we have barely touched the surface of our spiritual ability in christ in christianity william brenham a allen catherine kuman smith wigglesworth all the great mighty apostles and prophets throughout time we have barely touched the surface of our spirit man's ability a lot of that was just an external angel given a gift even bob jones had archangel gabriel drop elijah's mantle in a field it was just an external mantling you know what's greater than an external mantling i'll tell you the internal formation of your spirit man beginning to look like god the father that's the only thing that threatens satan's kingdom all the external stuff will come and go which means you will never have permanent breakthrough in cities and nations, societies, or civilization through external mantlings. No, it's gone. As soon as the mantle's gone, it was external since it wasn't based on the maturity of the inner man. Now the influx causes the devil to take back that territory. It's only through the maturing of the inner man that territory is permanently conquered. That's why the fallen angels are only attacking the ministries that are developing the inner man for permanent breakthrough. Truth anyhow. That's why 99% of American ministries have never known persecution, but the sons of God have only known it from the beginning. Because the permanent development of the spirit is the permanent destruction of evil spirits in the heavens and the earth. And Christianity, right now as you know it, is mostly witchcraft, which is external, which is good and bad in the brain. 
Just having legalism in the mind that says good, bad, good, bad, which means unrighteous judges. They're full of religion. They're carnal Christians led by their brain and the knowledge from New Testament scriptures, legalism of scriptures in the brain, and judging through scriptures on flesh, which is full-blown apostate Phariseeism. If the spirit man be built up, you become a righteous judge because that's the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. The word is judge. That's what Jesus said. Your words will be your judges, whether they be the witchcraft of religion in your brain and do's and don'ts of legalism, or they be the liberating word of grace that has been like seed in the soil of your heart that has produced the fruits of the spirit. One is everlasting life, One is everlasting death. The fragrance of death to the dying, if you haven't noticed, is upon those who have the word only in flesh, but not spirit. What is it to have the Bible only in the flesh? Hypocrite. The spirit was still a whitewashed tomb, it is written. And those who have the word only in flesh, only in their minds, but not in the transfiguration of their spirits, will use it to oppress everyone around you. That's mostly what you've known in Christianity thus far. Even the leaders are carnal in the word upon their flesh. Doesn't count for anything. It's like the animal using do's and don'ts of the New Testament to control the animal. That ain't Christianity. That's bewitchment. That's false Christianity. That's humanism. Christianity is the metamorphosis of the inner man becoming an altogether new creature. Which means a person who's a real Christian will progressively become more angelic and less human. And if that's not the case, you're following demons in your minds 100% of the time. Demons stunt your growth. Demons are the manifest lies of Satan's throne sent to deceive you. A, a sower sows seed. Then Jesus Christ said, An enemy must have sown weeds. I didn't sow bad seed to stunt your growth to keep you human. I sowed the same seed of resurrection that I raised from the dead in. But the children of the resurrection have not been raised. Why? One reason. Enemy's seed inside Christian soil. Cares of the world. Rocks. Weeds, birds, foul birds. Many of them tell you they're Jesus. Many of them you believe are the Holy Spirit. But they're devils of Shekinah. That's what Jesus called them. Devils of light. It's easy to point out devils of darkness, right? That's what Pharisees, they do. They say, this is a prostitute. So a devil of light would point out devils of darkness. Because the devil of darkness or sins of darkness took zero discernment if you read the Bible. What takes discernment, a.k.a. wisdom, is pointing out the devils of Shekinah and attacking and annihilating the devils of Shekinah and the separation of light from the Word of God. That's what we're at war against, terminating all Shekinah, testing all Shekinah, for not all Shekinah is from God. That's what the Bible says. Not all Shekinah light is from God. A lot of it's disconnected. 
It's selfish. A lot of that light is just for soulish pleasures. Self-righteousness is a light from Satan that deceives the whole world, the definition of sorcery, and you're in the generation of potent sorcery that deceives the whole world. It means it deceives all Christians, guys. How can we live today and not be deceived? We need to make sure we're in the true light of John 1. True light came into the world. Why true light? A distinguishing between true Shekinah and false Shekinah in John 1. Because the very murder of Messiah and the covenant religion was all false Shekinah. And if you don't think the charismatic and Pentecostal church are going that direction, you don't understand the second coming at all. It'll be en masse global deception of what? Shekinah of light. Truth anyhow. Only those God inside minded wise virgins, the Bible says, full of oil. Which means they have an understanding of how the Spirit, through intimacy with the Word of God, produces the Anointed One and His anointing on the inside of the temples. Remember, there was only light in the menorah that burned in the holy place. The holy place is in your bellies. Only through an understanding of the Spirit producing oil will you discover the sapphires in your abdomen. That's why the path of righteousness is hidden from almost all Christians in the world right now. Because they don't know yet how to make oil in their inner man. Which means we're not wise virgins yet. We're becoming wise virgins. We love the purity. Which means we love the virginity of the king, the purity and the cleanness of the word. Well, the Bible says, so did the false. So did the goats. So did the tares. So did the foolish virgins. Foolish virgins. What? Why were they foolish? They had no idea how to produce oil in their temple, in their holy place. Their spirit was null. They had no spiritual ability. They were carnal, soulish, worldly Babylonian Christians, which honestly is 99% of the crap out here right now. Burn it up. Blaze in your spirit. Burn every spirit around you. Don't worry about offending people. All you're going to offend is demons, devils, and dead spirits. You offend a human spirit, a Christian spirit that's dormant. Listen, man. That's the hope of them awakening. You know, it's like an alarm clock going off. A silver trumpet. A shout of an archangel. A shout of an archangel to someone who's spiritually sleeping and Christian externally is a rude awakening, man. <laughs> It'll challenge you. You say, oh, I thought I was right with God. The angel comes and blows a trumpet in your spirit. We'll see how right God is formed inside your spirit. And it's only for your good that we shock you awake. It's like awakening people with electroshock therapy. Get the paddles. Put them to 2,000 watts. <laughs> Lightnings. That's why we need lightnings. Why do we need seven thunders, seven lightnings for the manifest sons of God? Because they're so dead and yet they're all Christian. 
because they're so dead and yet they're all charismatic and they all prophesy already. You know, that's exactly how it is. I'm a disciple of Bob Jones too. I've been on Elijah list since 1985. You hear this stuff every day. We've had interns come from every glory stream ministry in North America and every single one of them severely demonized. The standard is so low in these days that we are offended by anything higher than us. The only reason is externalism. We have yet to understand the glorification of the temple. Ezekiel 47, the blueprint of your temple producing God's glory, which is Christ fully formed in you. What does it look like when Christ formed in you? A Jewish man doing Jewish junk? No! It looks like rivers! It looks like life exuding from you. It looks like glorified Americans. He likes, he's not bringing you back to ancient Jewish culture. He's not. It's not even that you're going to learn Hebrew. You're going to learn glory. Your tongues might teach you Hebrew. You might learn all kinds of stuff. I don't know. But what I do know is he'll glorify you in the midst of where you are right now and awaken you to the light of salvation, teach you how to produce oil, show you the path internally. Notice Philippians 3.11 says the same thing. Resurrection is of the inner man, spiritually and morally. Let's go there. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was going to read Romans 5 because that was just meat the last couple days. But this is what he's doing. Let's read the whole thing. This is straight up crack. Mm. <laughs> wow, I have the the whole chapter highlighted. Wow. All right. <laughs> Furthermore, all right. Verse 8, Philippians chapter 3, Amplified Classic. Listen to this. Yes. Furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively, progressively. Notice it's not just this false grace thing out here like you're okay, you're as holy as you'll ever be. You know, there's people out there telling you now in the leadership of the charismatic church, you're as holy and righteous as you ever be. Bible says something exact opposite. It says, progressively, progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Of perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake I have lost everything. And consider it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win, gain Christ, the Anointed One, and that I may actually be found and known in Him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God, thus acquired by, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the Anointed One, the truly right standing with God, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God, 
by saving faith. Verse 10. For my determined purpose is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. It'll clear up. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing. 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 From what? His resurrection. What? The power outflows from His resurrection in your hearts. Which it exerts over believers. An outflowing power exerted over you. That's what keeps the devil off of you. And that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in the hope. What's the hope? That if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in the body. Notice the resurrection lifts you out from among the dead in the body. Guess what part of you is getting resurrected? Spirit. Spirit. Spiritual resurrection. Moral resurrection. That's what lifts you. Which means you need to know you as spirit. Otherwise, it's not possible to be raised. If you're bewitched, why is it so horrible? You don't know you're a spirit in that body, which means there's no hope of resurrection possible for you. You can't rise until you're aware of your own spirit. And what makes us aware of our own spirit? The gospel. The gospel energizes our inner man with might, light, and fight for the good fight of faith. To fight what? Everything on top of our spirit. Arising from the dust of the earth is the spirit man taking charge over your soul man. Your spirit man taking charge over your carnal man. And the spirit man rising up with angels, with wings, mounting wings as eagles, which means you're going up with your eagles. That means you're going up with winged creatures. You're not alone. The resurrection is you joining Always a company of angels assigned to you from your God. Amen. So you don't acknowledge the angels until you acknowledge your spirit man. And your spirit man has to be built up in resurrection spiritually and morally. Which means you can't deal with sin until you deal with spirit. Not possible. You should be dealing with your spirit the day you get born again. That week, you should have a spirit intensive. That week, you just get into Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, Romans. I mean, just like a baby, all they want to do is drink milk. They want to eat. They're hungry, whining, crying. I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. That's all they do. They eat, they drink, they sleep, they poop. 
and they just work out everything in them until they can walk around and eat and drink and produce food and drink for themselves and for others, which is all of us maturing in Jesus Christ. That's what a priest is. Someone who's ate and drank with him. You think Abraham was a priest? Not until he met Melchizedek. The priest of the Most High God did what? Taught him how to eat and drink. Only after eating and drinking could he reproduce. He didn't have a child. There was no Isaac. It's Abraham obeying God, following God. After he ate and drank, then the child of faith and promise was produced. Which means you won't have fruit. Fruit is represented in children. We know how to do that in the natural. We're learning how to do that in the eternal supernatural. Producing supernatural children, offspring, which is seed after its own kind, which is the multiplication of God's word in our hearts. First, there has to be an eating from Melchizedek. First, there has to be an eating from the hand of Jesus. It will teach your spirit how to eat. Your brain will resist and insist on toxic hell, Taco Bell, Burger King and Wendy's. Give me the natural. Jesus will be working in the spirit, fathering the spirit. We need to do a little fasting. You're really carnal, man. (laughs) Some of this stuff is only going to come out when you just terminate your outer man, give it a day or two. Nothing, not to beat yourself up, but to grow your spirit up. It's all about spiritual development. And when we make spirit our priority, we make wisdom our priority. That's how we overcome all the immorality. A spiritual resurrection of morality of what? Christ as our inner man. Christ in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What happens when you're in union with him? You can eat everything on the Father's table. God has strong meat for you to eat and digest into your spirit, to do greater works that you know nothing about. We need to have an understanding of God the Father forming Jesus in our spirit to be exactly like our older brother firstborn amongst many that are raised from the dead. How is he raised from the dead? By the glory of the Father and the spirit of holiness. That's what the Bible says. Your inner man is raised in glory and holiness by eating bread and drinking wine. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, otherwise you cannot be my disciples. What's a disciple? An inner man that looks like his inner man, Jesus of Nazareth. The inner man of Jesus of Nazareth is yad heh Elohim, the creator of angel armies. Who is your inner man? Becoming yad heh And there is none other except yad heh All other gods are demons. That's what he revealed his name as. We say Yahweh in Greek. You know, the W is only because of German influence of scriptures. There's no W there in any Hebrew. It's Vav. Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey. You could say Yadivare. You could say Yahweh. You could, it's, but you need to understand the revealing of God in the inner man. It's not about just being a technical grammar Nazi. It's about having 
the light so strong that it's understood and reproduced in your spirit. Then there's a glorious freedom of the sons of God. It's true. You can still get into legalism, which means backslide off this mountain at any stage of growth of your inner man. You say, oh, the jot and the tittle is not correctly formed and pronunciated. I tell you the truth. He can do it through Greek. What's written stays written. Latin, Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, all the languages of the world written on his cross, King of the Jews. This is the King of the Jews, which means spell it out in any language, it's God. It's exactly what it means. There's benefit in going into ancient Hebrew for one reason. That's what he spoke to create the worlds. He used the 22 ancient Hebrew letters in words to create worlds. That's why it's profitable to understand that. And you can only have Greek in the Bible from Hebrew in the Bible. Truth in Because literally all languages came out of the original language of God. Truth anyhow, the first families, even Cain's family, all spoke the ancient Hebrew. At Babel, the nations were scattered and learned Chinese. And learned Russian. You know that? <laughs> but now we speak in tongues, which means there's a universal language of the inner man. The outer man doesn't profit from it, as it is written, but the inner man is built up by it. So it's the language of building up the inner man, the Christian language. It's a love language. It's God's nature speaking inside you. Praying always in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up in the most holy faith. Amen. The total reverse of Babylon in speaking in tongues. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, which means it's exceedingly profitable to build up your spirit speaking in tongues. But notice, it doesn't do anything for the brain because there's no understanding unless there's interpretation. That's how God wants it. Because the curse of the fall is putting all the importance on what the carnal mind can understand. That's not understanding. That's demon possession. That's the mountains of the Greek goat. That's a demonic education stunting your spiritual intelligence. In order to get spiritually intelligent, you have to crucify your brain and value a spiritual intelligence that's based on the brightness of the glowing of the Word of God in your spirit which is true wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Like a menorah of your inner man. You can tell how much a person is intelligent or mature by the brightness of the Word of God in their spirit. That's how much they've conquered and overcome the world, which is just carnal intelligence. Philosophies, Paul calls it. Those that say, they're wise in this world, but they're not wise in the kingdom. They don't have any spiritual, angelic intelligence or ability. They're not operating that realm. That whole realm amongst fools is forfeited to angels of light in the heavenlies. When the inner man is dormant, the devils are active. 100% of the time. For every human being on the earth. The reason why they're in animal form is because their spiritual ability, which is your birthright, birthright in Christ, 
is being used by demons in the second heavens 100% of the time. When you are not living like archangels in the mid heavens, your spirit man's ability is in the hands of the enemy. When you begin to value your spirit man's ability, you go up and take back your inheritance, which is angelic ability of your inner man. And it'll be gradual and you'll have attack against from devils that don't want you to take your inheritance back every step of the way. They'll test you. They'll say, do you really want this? They'll lie to you. They'll say, that's, that's doctrines of demons. They'll say, that's, that's witchcraft. That's sorcery. That's Kabbalah. Leave the stars to the fallen angels. Don't touch the mid-heavens. Don't go after anything higher than your little earthly charismatic ability that's been established for 50 years or 100 years. Don't pioneer anything. Don't challenge people's belief systems. Don't offend anyone. Fit in in the earth and just be a charismatic animal. That's what fallen angels want. But we're not going to do it. We're going to go up into the heavens, discover the sapphires in our abdomen, Song of Solomon 5 reality, experience it, pay the price, which is fight our own human nature out as we're attacked by devils, getting our angelic ability back. That's why you fight a warfare because enemy spirits have your promised land. In the earthly, which is old covenant, it was Canaan. Seven nations of Canaan. Giants in the land were like grasshoppers. Now, new covenant, it's second heavens. That's what the Bible says. Revelation 4, 1, I command you, seven churches, to come up here. You know they haven't yet. In fact, most of them are fighting it. It's iniquity that keeps you earthly to not obey Revelation 4, 1. I command you, come up where? The whole book of Revelation is about the second heavens. It's written in the Torch of the Sword by Rick Joyner. The entire book of Revelation is about the second heavens. That's the promised land. That's what's being contested. That's what the enemy is so freaked out that there's even a remnant down here that wants that. That doesn't care if they're persecuted by all the charismatic Christians that call it witchcraft and sorcery and every other name they can imagine because they forfeited their angelic ability. You have prophetic Christians now teaching that metamorphosis into angel-like sons of God is demonic. Paul Keith Davis. Uh. I mean, the leaders, even the friends of Bob Jones, are teaching the exact opposite of what God's commanding us to do in these days. Enoch became Metatron. Every single person that grows in Christ becomes angelic. Anyone that says otherwise has forfeited their inheritance, no matter if they are used by God for a season or for a long time. This is why we're perishing and losing to sorcerers in Babylon. Because we've rejected metamorphosis, human to angel, and we've rejected second heaven, book of Revelation inheritance. That's why the majority are still losing to principalities. You have to embrace both those things in these days and join the armies of the living God and fight for them to even take down enemy strongholds, to shift societies, to shift nations. And we're going to do it even if most Christians are against it. Because there's nothing else prescribed in Scripture that even works. And almost no church is teaching this stuff. They're against it. They're going to be like the days of Noah, where there's ziggurats, pyramids everywhere, and they're against the rain. It's not going to rain. Rain is false doctrine. It's never happened before. 
We're in here singing Kumbaya and our ziggurats. Religion everywhere. The floods of Noah came for one reason, if you study the Bible. Religion. It came because of religion. The second coming will be like the floods of the days of Noah. It'll be floods of light and luminary light so strong, it'll be likened to the floods of Noah. He's coming with the floods of light. And it will drown one thing, arch enemy. Christian religion. And it will terminate it completely. And only those who produce an ark on the inside will be saved. Everyone will be destroyed by light because they've been serving angels of light externally and never learned the true light that's come into the world, into our hearts. But the remnant will learn the true light and they will raise the standard like a Noah company. This is the greatest calling in life to be a part right now of Noah company. Those who raised the standard of righteousness and brought judgment. This is the judgment of true love. The seven bulls outpoured. The wrath of the lamb. The voice of the martyrs from the altar. Amen. And it will be poured out when we rise up in our inner man. There's already judgment in the land. It's small, but it's getting bigger. It will continue to get bigger in the exact measure of the bigness and the highness of your inner man according to your rising. Noah raised the standard and brought judgment. You will never cleanse the world from demons until you rise in spirit and in truth. Spiritual and moral resurrection while in the body. Hebrews, no, Philippians 3.11 That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead. What does it mean to be out from among the dead? Circumcised of soul. Circumcised of the lower world. New, New covenant circumcision is the entire cutting away of all the lower world. So you're only an upper world. I am from above. It is written. What is upper world? Angelic cosmos. Not just sapphires in my abdomen. Now I'll only in the sapphire spheres in the second heaven's promised land. Trozenia. That my consciousness is raised. My mind is renewed. The butterfly is hatched from the cocoon. And I have an angelic perspective with the watchers. Another name for watchers is archangels. With the archangels. And they're all named in the Bible or in biblical text used in the Bible. Jasher Jubilees Enoch mentions all the archangels so that you can be with the watchers. Only those with the watchers reign with him. Everyone else just lives a human life, kumbaya in the sand. And when they die, they actually will be taught in heaven the truth that they rejected while they walked the earth. They'll learn all these things in eternity, guys. But those who learn them now will begin to go up in their inner man and be with the watchers. And it's the watchers that will transform your behavior. It's the angels that will teach you the higher angelic ways. Yep. You are being enculturated into the kingdom of heaven through angels. They teach you the culture of God 
progressively as your inner man values inner man ability new creature ability which means the lesser outer man progressively peels away until you're entirely circumcised of the lower world what happens when you're entirely circumcised of the lower world you stand on top of mount zion as an instrument of righteousness and your body is an instrument singing the song of moses which is the fulfilling of all the law and the lamb grace and truth which is the empowerment of all god's name in your forehead which means you'll be a ruling member of the heavenly sanhedrin 24 elders what does that mean as many elders as you can get up around his throne that is the entire function of ministry to produce elderhood it ain't 24 he'd love it to be 24 billion if possible he'd love it to be 24 million today but it requires a people completely angelic and completely circumcised of the lower world so all the things that are going to happen to you in the days to come will be to peel away the lower and to reveal the upper and your desire for god will grow and you'll see the rewards of diligently seeking him that it's better to be above than below that it's better to be wise than foolish it's better to be angelic than animal amen it's better to conquer than to just be passive and not offend anyone and just agree with already established doctrine and don't be controversial about anything you'll never advance the kingdom with that attitude amen we want to go as far ahead as possible into the eternity of the eternities our key is to bring forth the power of the world that is coming and it's coming through us how far in the future can you live that's the present measure and power you're walking in today in jesus name remove humanity from your hearts remove humanity from your minds it's an illusion it's a delusion it's a potent sorcery magic spell from fallen angels you know that being human is a magic art those that are human are outside the city gates under sorcerers ruling humans and dogs slave humans and they don't like to admit it we're home of the brave and free and all this stuff truth is if you're in human form you're a slave Romans says the same thing you're a slave to sin if you're in a human nature but you're free when you're in the Christ nature the Christian nature is freedom and it's no longer under the tyranny of sorcerers and you develop the maturity of Jesus Christ in your spirit the freedom is ever increasing you guys the freedom becomes so extravagant that you get persecuted hugely because they have no grid for what the inner man becomes because most people don't develop the inner man keep going after the building up the inner man and freedom will be like a river and a waterfall around you signs and wonders will be automatic you never have to seek them you never have to seek knowledge you don't seek signs and wonders like hebrews or knowledge like greeks you just seek more of the father's nature formed in your spirit and everything gets taken care of automatically God takes care of the sparrows who take care of you if you go into God and allow him to be the father of your spirit. You know what blocks God from fathering our spirit? Only our souls. Only you and me. Our souls are the only blockage. And the demons only work through our souls. 
And if we agree with them, then we never get our spirit developed and we just live as human beings with some Christian crap poured on the top of us and we think we're good because we go to church and sing Kumbaya. I tell you the truth. We're going to overcome our own souls. Overcoming self and soulishness is the same thing as overcoming the world. Amen. And when we overcome self and soul, we will stand on Zion with Moses and the Lamb. And we will sing a new song. And we will be in a greater glory bomb. And we'll be high and lifted up. And we'll be shining brighter than the noonday sun. Amen. We'll be bringing in the second coming of Christ. We'll take over the nations and rule them with an iron scepter. We'll sit upon His throne. The nine overcomers gifts, which is the fullness of the nine elementary gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14. All those go away. That's what it says. Every single elementary gift, earthly gift, goes away. The Bible says it gets fulfilled with the same nine that transform into overcomer's gifts. So in the terrestrial, you have those first gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says they all go away. And then Revelation 2 and 3, you get the nine overcomer ruling and reigning gifts that never go away. That's your kingship. That's your lordship. That's the bride of Christ queenship. And there won't be any demons there when we begin to operate in the fulfillment of the maturity of the nine spiritual gifts into the nine overcomers' gifts. And they mature as you rise on the holy mountain. Amen? All nine will mature in you. So don't think you can come up with these realms without the maturity of the gifts. The nine overcoming gifts are the maturity of the nine gifts of the Spirit of 1 Corinthians 14. Amen. So everything God has gifted us will mature in us through stewardship. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for a people that will mature in all the gifts of the Spirit, in all the wisdom of the ages, and all the Word of God in their hearts, that they'd value the maturing of their spirit man in Christ more than anything externally, melt down the idols, let there be a baptism of fire upon their senses and upon their minds and their intelligence and their reasoning to get into wisdom like wise virgins learning how their spirit man makes oil. That they may meet the master at the bridegroom's chambers of the sun and enter righteousness as it's permitted to them by being good stewards with the anointing oil produced in their spirit by the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. I'm going to read one thing to you. I don't have a big worship song. This is super powerful. And it's destroying the works of the devil and breaking, bringing breakthrough for a lot of people. In giving into your apostolic leadership this month of April, understand this verse. A workman is worth his wages in full. Scripture says in full. In full is the exact phrase used to bring in full the tithe in Malachi 3 into God's leadership, his storehouses, at the head of the body. Same term is used, full. In full, New Testament, in full, Malachi. Both places use the term bringing it in in full. The workman worth his wages in full. 
until we honor the prophets in full. We have in part, we have partially, we have our own ideas about money. I tell you the truth, until we honor the prophets in full, we cannot get a prophet's reward. Until we honor the righteous men in full, we cannot get a full righteousness reward. Jesus said that. You have to honor the righteousness. In part, you get it in part. You just have part because there's only a partial honoring of the full tithes and the fullness to the workmen plowing your fields. Understand this truth. What person works the entire month, then someone else who did not work gets paid. Or even worse, his wages are withheld. This is why scripture says, give double honor to those who teach. Double tithes, double offerings by their divine words from heaven. Because without them, your souls are lost. It is written, give double honor to those who in teach, who teach and instruct with the word. What is the double honor? It's a double tithe. You know that's true. It will bless them the most. Truth anyhow. Honoring the leadership of Red Letter Ministries who work continuously in the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ for your rising of your inner man in the prophetic word. Give honor where honor is due and do not withhold or pay another who has not plowed the fields. Tithe and give honor this month of April to Red Letter Ministries. Amen.